Well, good morning. Good morning, everybody, and welcome. Welcome to Essex Church and to this, our gathered community of Kensington Unitarians. Our door to the busy London street outside is open. And this, this very building, this place of the spirit, welcomes you in. It holds us, I think, with its rounded shape. Perhaps cocoons us for a while as we take this opportunity to reflect on life and love, on meaning and purpose. By gathering together here, we remind ourselves that even in our essential aloneness, yet may we connect with one another. Connect also with parts of ourselves that we may have forgotten for a while, or perhaps we've ignored them. And connect too with a sense of something greater than ourselves, however we might describe our sense of the divine. We can make this shared time together an opportunity to reconnect with all that we might be in life and in love. Because we here assert that whoever we are, whatever we've done, however we are feeling this sunny Sunday morning in June, there is always the chance of change and of development, of a new way of being or sensing. So let's take a moment now as we perhaps take a conscious breath and we remind ourselves that we are here now. Our journeys, be they long or short, have been made, have brought us here and we hold within us infinite potentiality of life itself, true blessings to our world. And so, as we gather together, may we learn to recognise and to affirm the pieces of possibility, the bits of good that we bring. May we encourage rather than control, love rather than possess, enable rather than envy, and for together we form the whole. Together, let us worship. And may our simple flame, this chalice flame, and the worldwide Unitarian community of which we are part, remind us of our power. Our power to affect the lives of one another and to rekindle our yearning to create a better world. I'm going to tell a story now. Uh, which is from the Sufi tradition. Um, I don't know if you've heard the story of the world's politest man. This story takes place in the city of Fools, where a lecture is to be delivered by the politest man in the world. He's to talk about the importance of politeness, the development of etiquette and how he gained the prestigious title of the world's politest man. 
and some citizens of the city of Fools are taking the morning air when they spot a stranger sitting on a bench, just like our benches outside the church, reading a newspaper. I'll bet that's him, one of the uh, citizens says to the other. I bet that's the politest man in the world, the man who's going to give the lecture tonight. I think I'll go and ask him. And so he goes up to the man and he says, excuse me, sir, but are you the politest man in the world, the one who's going to give us a talk on the importance of politeness? And the stranger looked up from his newspaper and says, how dare you interrupt me when I'm quietly reading? Why are you bothering me with your impertinent questions? If you don't get out of my sight this minute, I'll punch you on the nose, you ignorant oaf. And the citizen leaves as instructed and returns to his friend who asks, well, was he the politest man in the world? I don't know. He didn't say. (laughs) Now, ever since I read that story, I've been trying to work out exactly what it means. You can bend it to all sorts of spiritual teachings. And so today, I'm bending it to remind me how little we know about ourselves the way we may appear to others, how our unconscious gestures and ways of being, as well as our words and the way we speak to one another, can convey so very much. What then would it take for us to choose to bless the world by our very being? Your gifts, whatever you discover them to be, can be used to bless or curse the world. The mind's power, the strength of the hands, the reaches of the heart, the gift of speaking, listening, imagining, seeing, waiting. Any of these can serve to feed the hungry, bind up wounds, welcome the stranger, praise what is sacred, do the work of justice, or offer love. Any of these can draw down the prison door, hoard bread, abandon the poor, obscure what is holy, comply with injustice, or withhold love. You must answer this question. What will you do with your gifts? Choose to bless the world. So let's take that idea of choosing to bless the world into a time of prayer and reflection now, um, which will be followed unannounced by uh, Margaret singing John Rutter's arrangement of a Gaelic blessing. So in our worship today, I am considering what it means to be a blessing to others I'm asking the question, can we choose to be a blessing? And here now, together, let us seek the blessing of the divine as we turn to prayer. O God of our lives, voice in our hearts and light in our minds. In the precious freedom of our fellowship, We're here together as people of faith, called forth to be more loving and just 
and true. Here in this place, made holy by the memories, the aspirations, the ideals of those who went before us, may we be inspired by their example. Women and men of vision, people of spirit. And here too, today, we too are people of spirit. We too are touched, are we not, by the great beauty of the world. We too are powerfully moved by a deep concern for the world around us and by our care, one for another. The spirit moves also in us. May ours be a faith that is more than just beautiful words and high ideals. May ours be a faith of vitality and commitment, a faith that burns in the heart and blazes in the mind. May ours be a faith that shines to the world as the light of deeds and the witness of actions. O source and spirit of our lives, may we respond to your call for justice, for love, for joy. And in a short time now, spent in the togetherness of silence, let us each have our own thoughts, our own prayers. May the thoughts and prayers of our community find expression in actions however small and help us both to accept the limitations of our world and to work tirelessly for improvement. Amen. David Spangler, in his book on the art and practice of blessing, shows us how we can use this spiritual energy to make connections we've never thought about before. Here is an excerpt on the spiritual practice of gratitude. Blessings are asked at beginnings and endings, and at many points in between. Indeed, any time we feel a situation or a person needs the benefit of divine providence, we ask for blessing. This is how we normally understand a blessing in our culture. It's an invocation of the presence and power of the sacred upon a person's life, or upon the function of an object. <clears throat> we normally don't bless in the middle of our workday at the office or on the factory floor, especially if the boss has just given us an extra assignment. We don't bless while sitting in a traffic gridlock. We don't bless while watching television or sitting in a movie theatre. We don't ordinarily stop and evoke a blessing in the midst of our lovemaking, although the act itself may be a blessing or while playing football, or cooking dinner, or mixing a martini. And when we're laughing in the sheer delight of the moment, we probably don't ask for a blessing then, either. In short, in the midst of the boring times, the happy times, the angry times, and the routine times, 
Performing a blessing may be the last thing on our minds. In the midst of the ordinary and the trivial, we tend not to think of the power of the sacred or the presence of the unobstructive world. But like the orange juice that is not just for breakfast anymore, blessings need not only be for special occasions. A blessing can be any time we wish to make a deeper connection with the life and lives around us. As much as it is an invocation, it's also an act of discovering the part of us that moves in harmony on the dance floor of creation. In fact, the art of blessing is not only about the act of blessing, but about an attitude towards the world, a way of seeing things that goes beyond our ordinary perceptions. Well, I wonder how, I wonder how blessed you are feeling this morning. You might want to hold back your judgment on that until you've found out just how long this morning's sermon is. Bearing in mind George Burns' remark that the secret of a good sermon is to have a good beginning and a good ending and to have the two as close together as possible. <laughs> this, this idea of feeling blessed has been much on my mind these last few weeks. After I'd visited an older woman living in the same care home as my mum. Aileen is bedridden, she misses her cat and her dog, she doesn't have many visitors as her family live far away, but when I asked her how she was doing the other week, um, she replied, I feel blessed, Sarah, I feel quite blessed. You've perhaps had people say that to you from time to time, and you've perhaps said it yourself. And probably most of us who do use such a statement don't mean that we've just won the lottery like Aileen, who went on to explain that the sun was shining and a blue tit had just visited the bird feeder outside her bedroom window. Like Aileen, I think we are all capable of finding blessings in not the best of circumstances, of of noticing life's small pleasures. But today's service is focusing on something else, our ability to bless the world. Now, I don't suppose many of us wake up in the morning and think that today I shall curse the world, but but actively choosing to bless the world does require a bit of work, or at least a bit of thought. And most of us have some hurdles in the way that may stop us considering ourselves as a blessing to others. We may have a block caused by the very word blessing itself, because in some religious communities, a blessing could only be given by certain people, But within our Unitarian faith, just as anyone is welcome to lead worship or conduct a wedding ceremony, for example, so each of us, I believe, can bless others. And what is a blessing? What does it mean to bless? To me, the very word itself has got an ancient, almost mystical sense to it. I like that definition that we heard from David Spangler earlier on when he wrote that it's an invocation of the presence and the power of the sacred upon a person's life or upon the function of an object. I always like the thought of um, people who ask me to bless a car in some desperate hope that it might get it through an MOT. And Spangler, in that piece that he wrote, goes on to suggest that a blessing actually can describe our very orientation to life itself and as such can go on all the time as an act of discovering the part of us 
that moves in harmony on the dance floor of creation. If we step over the block that there may be for us in the very word blessing, then I'd suggest that the next block for some of us at some times in our life is to overcome a sense of our self-worth, or, or should it be a lack of a sense of our self-worth, the who am I to bless the world kind of a feeling that can come when life has knocked us back a bit, when we don't feel great or worthy or even very capable. Those times when just getting up and out and putting one foot in front of another can feel a struggle. At the low times, it may seem an impossibility for us to be a blessing to others. My colleague, Ant Howe, writes movingly of this. He wrote, I'm quite open about the fact that in the past I've been depressed. And I'm not talking feeling a little bit down here. I'm talking about feeling all the time that I was inadequate, that I was damaged goods, that everything I touched I made worse. And he goes on to say that he thinks that does happen to many of us at some point in our lives. And he goes on, the turning point for me, well, against these feelings of depression and worthlessness, I learned about Unitarianism, I learned that every person has dignity and worth, not born into sin, as some might tell us, but born blessed and born to be a blessing. So many places will tell you you're a sinner, you need to be saved, you're worthless. Thankfully, you'll never hear that here because we know the truth that God loves us so much that we're already born saved and that our lives are a gift. Words from Aunt Howe, minister of our Kingswood congregation, and he'll be joining us in September to run a course as part of our spiritual life skills programme. Jewish writer Rachel Naomi Remen writes that a prayer is about our relationship with God, whilst a blessing is about our relationship to the spark of God in one another. God, she says, may not need our attention as badly as the person next to us on the bus or behind us in the line at the supermarket. Everyone in the world matters, and so do their blessings. When we bless others, we offer them refuge from an indifferent world. Hmm. Refuge from an indifferent world. That's a powerful image of life, isn't it, when it gets tough? When we're at our lowest, I think we sensibly turn inwards for a while. We seek a place of healing within. But I think that one of the things that can start us, bring us back to life and love again, is then to turn our attention back outwards towards the world once more, to remind ourselves that we matter others matter and it matters what we choose to do or not do that we can make a difference that rather than victims of life's troubles we are active participants and through small gestures of awareness awareness of our attitudes apart from anything else as well as our actions well we can think make things better we can make things gentler sweeter we can even make our world a little bit more polite. Because, yes, I'm still pondering that story that we heard earlier on about the words politest man. And the thought that the rude man on the bench might actually have been the politest man, but that he was only going to be polite once he started his lecture on the subject, that is a funny thought. And it's about as funny as people who might go to church 
and that being the only time they express their faith. The rest of the time, they're mean and horrible. G.K. Chesterton wrote that just going to church doesn't make you a Christian any more than standing in your garage makes you a car. (laughs) I'm going to write that down somewhere. Faith has to be lived. Faith has to be expressed in practical actions and in a way of being in the world, a way that is a blessing rather than a curse. And that, I think, is what being a blessing is. Living as a beneficial presence in our world, reflecting divine love and truth here now. On the back of today's yellow hymn sheet, there is a box an empty box and later on you might wish to write down some of the ways that you choose to bless the world talking with a few people earlier on we came up with some lovely simple examples making a cup of tea was the first one that somebody said picking up a bit of litter smiling at someone making a phone call or sending a card simple human gestures of kindness and love Kindness and love, expressing the simple reality that we are all human and that we all have particular gifts and talents to bring to the world. Our task then is to recognise our gifts and consciously choose to use them. Let me just repeat a little piece from that short reading that we heard earlier on, written by Rebecca Parker. Your gifts, whatever you discover them to be, can be used to bless or curse the world. You must answer this question. What will you do with your gifts? Choose to bless the world. We're human. We won't get it right all the time. But I do believe we can choose. We can choose consciously and deliberately to bless the world wherever possible. May that be so. Amen. And so as we leave this place of sanctuary and peace, let us choose to take our blessings out into the world, to brighten the lives of those around us, as forward through the ages we bring that timeless message. Each of us is holy. Each of us is blessed. Each of us brings a multitude of blessings for our world. Amen. Go well and blessed be.